Hello, and welcome to Gay Rights, Gay Wrongs, the show where I talk about whatever I want, because it's my podcast, and not yours. So I'm your host, because you don't seem to have anything better to do with your time, Ryan. And today I'm joined with the embodiment of the rat that hides behind your fridge, Shan. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you doing, gorgeous? I'm sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all sweaty. Yeah, it'd be that antidepressant life. <laughs> well, starting it off with a great... <laughs> so, um, if this is your first time listening, we are going to use our topics. We have a little wheel. Um, we love gonna, a wheel. We love a wheel. We love a spinner because we're both indecisive. So this will kind of decide what we're going to talk about on episode one. Let's see. Perfect. So the topic for episode one is gay awakenings. Oh, God. <laughs> this, I love telling stories like this um, about just being a massive queer. See, I feel like this is going to be so much easier for you than it is for me because <laughs> mine was a really slow recognition where I was just like heavily obsessed with a lot of female characters growing <laughs> up and didn't know why until I figured out that I was queer. Uh, when did you figure out you were queer? I'm going to say I started questioning it whenever I was in my like very early teens. Oh, um, yeah, so a great time to be self-critical and self-aware. Um, yeah, I'm going to say I was like 13 maybe. And then... <gasps> I came I, out when I was 14 to my family. Damn. I came out at, like, late teens. Right. Because I was just sort of like, okay, well, I'm just going to do my thing for now. And if it comes up, it comes up. And then I it tried came to, up. I tried, I tried to tell my mum a couple times. Um, I think she wasn't having it because I didn't tell her, like, outright, like, directly. Um. Because I have this one really specific memory of whenever I was 15. Orange is the new black. (laughs) Of course. It it came out and so did you. (laughs) And I was talking to my mum about how obsessed I was with Ruby Rose. Because, of course. Yeah. Gender. Yeah. Yeah. And then the video. Oh, the video of them in the bath. Yes. The short film. Uh Uh-huh. Even I was obsessed with that. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I was just... You know, I was just talking to my mother and I was like, I am so obsessed with this woman. And she was like, do you think you might be bi? And I was like, uh, perhaps. Mayhaps. And she was like, would you kiss a girl? And I was like, yeah. She was like, would you date a girl? And I was like, yeah. She's like, would you marry a girl? And I was like, yeah. She was like, Okay. And then we just didn't speak about it for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so typical, like Irish mum behavior. Though. No, literally. Like whenever um, I knew that I was queer, and it's so so vivid because all of my family knew before I did, oh, and they those, just yeah. wouldn't admit that they knew. Um, I was eight, and I <laughs> watched Camp Rock for the first time. Of course. And like, girl, I was watching Camp Rock like people all the boys in my street were playing football and I was in my house being like oh my god Nick Jonas is the hottest man I've ever seen in my life Camp what is it Camp Rock Camp. if you will um, <laughs> I was like that is it. what is this feeling in my stomach like why is this man in some type of way I felt some type of way for that curly headed little boy singing the guitar and 
even to this day, a boy tells me he plays an instrument and I literally start barking. No, literally. Like, I um, cried once when a man played guitar for me. But also, they're not a man now, so... Okay. I, I just knew. You knew before they did? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the funniest thing was whenever Glee came on air, and you know that I'm a massive Glee fan. I do. Which is my downfall. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to admit it, but here I am on a public platform admitting I am We're Gleek. We're being shameless in 2023. Gleek and proud. Yes, as so you true. should be. Um, my sister at the time, it was airing on E4 and I was nine and she phoned the house phone. This is how long ago it was. We had a house phone, like a landline. She phoned I don't it. miss those. And she was like, Ryan, you need to go on E4. You need to watch this show. Like, you'll love it. It's so good. And the second I turned on E4, it was the the scene where the openly gay character gets bullied and thrown into a dumpster and I was just like she knows oh yeah <laughs> see trying to navigate your queerness as well like that's a whole other thing in itself to be fair it was quite quick for me coming out as well like I came out when I was 14 almost 15 and I didn't even really need to yeah like my five seconds of summer obsession was kind of too much to the point where I had a shirt saying lol you're not Ashton Irwin mm. Like, yeah, why I did my mum question it? Yeah. Like, even at the 1975 concert this year, Maddie Healy was selling shirts like that. Oh my god, the throwback. I was so I wow. I feel like we really are regressing back to, like, early 2010s. And I'm so here for I'm it. I'm so here for I'm it. I'm living. Like, I feel like I'm 13 again, but, like, I'm about to be 23. I'm about to be 23 as well. Slade. Whoa. Slade. We literally ate that. <laughs> um... I feel so bad for anyone listening to this who doesn't understand like queer slang <laughs> because we'll just it'll just be You're a lot of get to know nonsense. Yeah, I had to explain what it meant to my sister earlier. Actually, uh, she was in oh my, my house. God. I texted my partner yesterday and I was like, you know, I was out trying to get some work done and stuff while they went to a, I guess it's a gig, but it was like a saxophone player. Um, right. And yeah, it was kind of weird man was built by the way for literally no reason it's kind of scary i'll show you okay um no not right now oh i was like um and i was saying about how me and my friend had went for food uh but i gave literally no context whatsoever i was just like we ate that we ate that (laughs) up and they were like ate what and i was like dinner So it probably didn't help. They're per autistic ass that I wasn't <sighs> using it in the correct context because, like, obviously they know queer slang. Yeah. But <laughs> the message just wasn't translated over over Facebook Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to explain to my sister what it meant earlier because she was actively eating food and there was no seats left in the kitchen. She's like, can you get up so, like, your mum can sit down? Like, you're not eating. And I was like... Girl, I literally eat every day. What are you talking about? And she was like, "What?" We all to, eat every day. I have to like, explain no, it. You don't get she it. She was like, "You're not eating right now." And I was like, "No, I'm eating, bitch. Like I'm eating boots." <laughs> so, um, back to queer awakenings and yeah. realizing you were queer. Were there any like moments? I know for me, it was obviously what every single little gay boy goes through is um, walking shopping with your mum and walking past the underwear aisle the men's underwear aisle <laughs> was there anything like that for yeah, you yeah i did the same thing but i didn't realize that it was like weird to not look because it felt like i don't know like an invasion of privacy not like oh my god i can't wait to wear those one day being like oh my god i shouldn't look at this like 
they're fake women in underwear. <laughs> like, don't do that. Fake women in underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. I was like, whoa. Uh, have you felt like getting older and kind of like owning your queerness that it's been easier to navigate and deal with? Or has it been kind of like just the same? Because I know for me, it's gotten yeah, easier in some aspects but a lot rougher of a journey than i have um, <laughs> thank you for giving everyone <laughs> a little taste of my trauma <laughs> uh well yeah i'm not gonna lie i i know i've had it pretty easy i've had the classic like bi erasure bi phobia whenever like bi was my label mm-hmm. um because that's what i came out as originally um you know it was the oh well if you haven't dated a girl or you haven't slept with a girl how do you know you're attracted to girls how do you know you're not just a lesbian how do you know this how do you not know that i was like well the the same way other like 14 15 year old kids know that they're attracted to someone else without having slept with them like mm-hmm. the fact that people were like you're 14 you haven't slept with someone yet no, like literally <laughs> because i was shamed so hard for not having had sex until like a later age yeah like so I did was like i 17 turning 18 oh, maybe. i was older than i was almost 20 <laughs> that's i feel like it's better to wait though yeah I, I know like obvi- all my friends like people ask me like my barber for example the other day was like do you have any straight friends and i was like ew not that i, <laughs> I was like not that i can really think of and if i can they're like straight women who are so much of an ally that people think that they're queer right yeah um and like surrounding myself with queer people, it was very much everything was really hypersexual or sexualized in my like yeah. mid teens. Like yeah. in school there would be like open conversations about pornography at our like lunch table. There would be people talking about like their favourite like actors. Uh, yes, the the gay table. Oh yeah, um so fun fact for those who didn't know, um my lunch table in secondary school was referred to as the gay table by also staff and teachers. They actively referred to it as the gay Maybe. table because it's where every queer person sat closeted or not every queer person sat there um but yeah everything was kind of like hypersexualized, and i was one of those people who like could not deal with that like i like tmi and um, but we were being shameless in 2023 i never watched pornography or like explored my sexuality in an actual sexual way um That's i would a whole go other boundary yeah like my friends would be like talking about like certain actors that they liked and I would like write the name down in my notes app and then go home to search up what they looked like so I could t- like be a part of their conversations yeah like yeah, they would so be like oh I really love this guy and I'd be yeah. like oh is that him with the tattoo and they'd be like yeah and I'd be like oh my god Owen Gray who? Owen Gray I don't know who that is oh my god do you not with no. the alphabet tattoo no oh wait I think he's straight never mind ew <laughs> sorry straight people um <laughs> no but it's like a thing that like a lot of like women and AFAB folk recognize him because he's in a lot of things that are made to be catered more to women okay okay so it's like a thing which is not really normal like yeah the pornography industry it's very much like oh this is by men for men yeah if you're a woman shut up if i do watch porn which granted is not very often it is a very Mm -hmm. It's very few and far in between, and I would, would rather not. But when I do, I go out of my way to try to make sure it's, like, ethical. Yeah, ethical. And, like, I'm not a woman, but I I do look for 
porn like made for women yeah because understandable it's not so male centric yeah which obviously as someone it caters to what an afab queer. person would want in a sexual experience yeah not just the complete dominance of men yeah exactly or go in the complete opposite direction where it's femdom but like straight femdom you know I'm like i don't i can't say i do no i don't <laughs> i don't watch right. pornography and like and like that's the thing it's like growing up i i was a fan fiction kind of person like oh, i that's so valid i loved a fanfic you know like fully well you know how much mm-hmm. of a hopeless romantic i am like yes. i could have probably the words tattooed on my forehead um because it, that's how much that term resonates with me um so I like just get a whole back piece tattooed of after not after ew did you what? know that i literally sat and found the queer version of after someone rewrote it but made yeah. it like made it like larry like louis and oh harry oh my god i would have died and i read that instead of after um, oh i wish i had a new about that reading about straight people like there's so much straight media where it's like oh here's a movie about a straight couple here is a book about a straight couple here is there's too many there's so much and like you can argue now like there is a good kind of comparison like there isn't enough queer media now there's still not enough yes but, but there's things like with, with things like heartstopper and things so much more like heartstoppers in the mainstream yeah i as i was saying i'm such a hopeless romantic like it's kind of to my detriment mm, um yes, I will because agree. yeah you know like yeah. i the amount of horror stories that i've told you um of me going on dates and just like everyone has just said like you're doing too much like i um went on a date with this guy who I've told you about, it was a few months ago, and he is celiac, so gluten-free. Yep. And I went out of my way to bake him gluten-free cookies and gluten-free brownies to go on a date with him because I felt really bad that he was celiac and that he had also, like, we'd had conversations and he was like, yeah, like, um, I always find it really hard to, like, find really good alternatives. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to make him some. Because, like, I always feel like it's nice to be nice. Oh, of course. And then it gets thrown back in my face. Um, Yeah. Like, even right now, like, this guy that I'm texting and I really like, um, like, we've been talking for, like, just over a month. um, And the other day he told me that he hadn't decided whether or not he likes me. Which, like, okay, valid. Could have worded it nicer, maybe. Yeah. But um, it was just like, why am I always the bridesmaid and never the bride? Like, I'm always second choice. Yeah. And I feel like um, when I was talking to my friends about it, they were like, do you think that, like, he may have someone else that he's talking to and he's trying to decide? Like, up options. Yeah, like, weighing up your options. And they were just giving me all these things and, like, filling my head with, like, such negativity about it. Yeah. Where I was like, maybe this boy genuinely just doesn't know yet. Like, that mm. is an option. Like, not... Yeah, because that happened with me and my partner. Yeah, how long were you talking? Like, a talking stage or whatever? Well, we spoke for about a year and a half over Instagram um during lockdown Mm -hmm. um and then we met for the first time in person in september 2021 well we're about to have our year and a half together for anyone who can do the maz we can't the maz you leave the mothers out of this (laughs) so mother local horny milf in your area (laughs) 50 feet away (laughs) Um, we started dating in December, so it was, it was quicker than I would have liked, ideally, but it worked out really, really, really well. Yeah, I'm so jealous and bitter. <laughs> if you don't know, like, I Sean and Riley, they the end of this. are the cutest couple, and I was with them the other day, and I just sat there, just in complete, like, 
<laughs> Disgust. I was like, stop being a couple in front of me. You know I'm better. Because I was in a relationship for two and a half years. Uh, first ever relationship. My only relationship. Like, my first everything, basically, uh, in terms of those milestones. Um, and I love telling people this because they always are so shocked whenever I tell people that my ex-boyfriend broke up with me on Pride outside of a gay club and then left me there crying. <laughs> and, like, I can laugh about it. Everyone else is like, aww. It's so icky, though. But at the, time, I'm like, at the time, I was like, what the fuck? But now I'm like, that's hilarious. It is really ironic. <laughs> It's so, like, I love the irony in things, and, like, I can laugh about things like that, and, like, my friend group and I, we make jokes about it all the time now. It's, queer dating is so difficult. Yeah. I wish there was, like, a real book, but at the same time, I'm such a hobo romantic that, like, I know, like... I think it's part of the fun of it. Is it not? No, I literally so, want to scream every like, time. clear. Um, obviously, there are, like, the stereotypes where it's like, oh, if you're, like, a lesbian couple like oh you're like u-haul ha 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 oh yeah like the whole u-haul thing the whole stereotype that there like has to be a mask and a femme as if there can't be like two femmes or two masks or butches in exactly like in queer relationships and even in even the same in like like gay like male relationships they never expect like masculine men to be gay and if Especially they do, two masculine yeah. Men but if they do, they expect it to be a masculine man and more of a feminine man. Yeah. Um. But then you do get the men who are masculine and do seek out femme men. Yeah. Um. But it's like you know what, each to their own. You like what you like. But um, you do have the stereotypes where it's like, for queer men, that, like you've realistically seen each other naked before you've seen each other, for coffee. Yeah. Or for yeah. like queer women, you've probably moved in together before you even were official like yeah. there's those jokes and the, those stereotypes and there like, are so many stereotypes about but the they're all perpetuated though. by straight people yeah straight people make these stereotypes and then are shocked whenever they find out that they're not true yeah <laughs> oh i'll never forget whenever i came out and my mum was like so are you gonna start wearing makeup now oh and i was like baby i've got foundation in my room that i've had there for months i've been wearing makeup you've just not noticed and I was like, and also, why do you think because I'm gay that I'm going to wear makeup? Which, keep in mind, y'all, I do. Like, not as you not dabble. a lot. I dabble. I have a qualification. Um, Just Yay. recently got that. Woo! Lush. Lush. Yeah, my job. Ooh, bath bombs. Gay job. <laughs> <laughs> That's another stereotype. I was, I was getting my hair cut and my barber was like, you work in that gay shop. The gay shop! I was like, what? It's like the gay soap shop. And I was like what and he's like everyone there who's gay like and even one of our lecturers the other day i was talking about how everyone just assumes that everyone who works in lush is queer and she was like yeah but like i understand why people think that and i was like no i do too but like we do have straight people who work there they're just yeah it's not like the only ally people yeah but like whenever somewhere has a reputation for being a safe space for queer people of course they're gonna flock because exactly. you don't find that but yeah, backtracking to queer dating. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. I literally hate it. My friend was telling me a story today that I cannot divulge on this podcast because it, it is so not safe for work. It is so 18 raunchy. plus. Anyway, so he was telling me this really raunchy, like filthy story just over Facebook Messenger as if it was so like, that's so funny. This, this happened to me. News. Like breaking story. And I, <laughs> he's like, he texted me, he's like, listen to this with headphones in, by the way. Oh. And I was like, okay, because I was in the car with my mum. Oh. 
So voice message. I yeah, okay. four minute long voice message. Oh. I sat and the entire time I was just in awe, and I was like, jaw to the floor. This is just what queer dating is. So, like, it's so sexualized. Like, I just want someone to play with my hair while I read a book on my literally, sofa. Literally. Like, give me the cute stuff. Like, I like not to be cringe, but like I'm embracing my cringe. Um. Give me, give me the cute stuff. I'm a hopeless romantic. I've had more exciting doctor's appointments than I've had exciting dates. Like, like if you're not going to be like obsessed with me and be able to commit yourself to full time affection, loving me being clingy. I'm like a little cat. I need someone to constantly look at me. I will literally, like, while Wheelie's working, like they'll just be typing away on their computer, and. Like, I will literally just crawl onto their lap and be like, hi, give me attention, please. Like, they are clocked in for their shift and you're like, no, I'm more important. Which, honestly, I get because I used to be like that. Um, You just have to have those moments sometimes. Yeah, like, it's just, like, no, like, it's the pipeline of, like, figuring out that you're gay. Like, for me, the pipeline was, figured out that I was queer, got bullied for it, came out as queer, dyed my hair about a week after that because obviously the queer experience um, got into a relationship it crashed and burned and now my life is one big field talking stage um, which honestly like it makes sense for me like I for those who know I'm moving out um, for the first time I'm woo, in literally less like than two week. weeks yeah about oh, a week and a half now um, and I, that's all that had my focus like I was out today house shopping and like even at the time like I was getting notifications from like dating apps that I have installed that I don't use because I hate them um and I was like I can't even be bothered to look at that like it's so far in the back of my head right now because I have so much other things prioritized but then at the same time this one boy texts me and I'm so kicking kicking my feet giggling and smiling I'm so like what is that about this is the boy who by the way has said he hasn't decided whether or not he likes me and like like I said fair enough but like I'm so he. If I am the first person you're texting in the morning and the last person you're texting at night, someone's not clicking. You have to tell me. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? I didn't know I liked Wheelie for ages. I I I did tell you about this. I yeah. think. Um, where like, you know, they asked me out on a couple dates, and then I asked them out on a date, and then we went to go for date number four, and we never made it out. Um, cause we slept in, cause we we be eby we be so sleepy honk shoe, honk shoe, eby honk eby. Shoe in. um, but like, cause the first time I ever fell in love, which unfortunately was with a man, I haven't uh-huh. done it since, so I learned my lesson. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> um, I really repressed my feelings for him. I was like, oh, we're just really good friends, and then we kissed one night. And it all hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, oh, I You're can't ignore so this Lana anymore. Del Rey. I was like, oh. That's so Lana. He hit me and it felt like a kiss. He hit me and it felt like a kiss. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please, no. Let's not do that. Let's do that. No. I'm so in my ultraviolence era. <laughs> I've never been a Lana stan. Don't hit me. See, but you have said, like, you don't like music that is, like, I need slower. stimulation from Yeah, my you brain. need, like... 100 Gex, Bring Me The Horizon. Yeah. Which I get because I love Bring Me The Horizon. You've been I, back in it. But I also love my sad girls. Like, give me Lana, give me Ethel Kane, like, 
I want my sad girly stuff to be like screamed by a man. Then it's not really sad girly, is it? But it's so emo. There's you could have some sad stuff. Mitski has some songs where she just be screaming. You would enjoy that. I I have in the clips that I've seen. Um, before I forget what I was saying, you fell in love with a man, unfortunately. Yeah, crippling ADHD. Um, yeah. So I didn't know until we kissed, and then I was like, oh, I can't ignore this anymore. And then literally like four or five years later the same thing happened again where i was like didn't know if i liked wheelie i really wanted to because i was like they're fantastic and i love them as a friend and like they're just generally like one of the best people that i've ever met but i was like i have a partner shut up i yeah so i really wanted to but i genuinely wasn't sure and i was like i know we'll be fine if we decided to stay friends because I knew that the type I knew the type of person they were I knew they were mature enough for that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I knew that that would be okay on like my part as well as their part um, but then it literally took that fourth date where we didn't go out they kissed me like pretty much first thing that morning I'm gonna say we were awake for maybe like an hour or two um, and then I was like oh I cannot ignore this uh, Those those feelings are definitely there I literally remember getting off the bus and meeting my friend Kim and immediately being like oh my god where has this been the past like three months because I swear to god if I had my iPad with you I would show you she wrote out notes for me for me to try and recognize what my feelings were because I was trying to rack my brain so hard being like do I like this person I genuinely couldn't figure it figure it out well, clearly you do because it's you have one of those relationships that I really envy because you can tell that you're also like really good friends and that like you started off that way. Yeah. Whereas like I do see a lot of relationships, especially in the queer realm or arena, where it's like they're together for the sake of having a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And like not that that's a bad thing, but it's like I want something like that. Um, I think that's the right way to do relationships. Yeah. You know. Um. I don't think you can really truly like be with someone Mm -hmm. enjoy it and truly wholeheartedly love them if you can't be friends exactly because like i just feel like we're just hanging out you know you just be hanging we just we just be chilling you know we'll do silly goofy stuff together um we'll play little games and we will laugh our asses off and it's just it's nice it's good i like it one last thing about queer dating Obviously, I've said about how over-sexualized it is. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever have an era, like at a time of your life, like an era, if you will, that you felt you had to be over-sexual? Yes. Um, and funny enough, that was after I broke up with said boyfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went from having only slept with that one boyfriend for like what was like a year and a half mm-hmm. and my body count quickly jumped up into double digits um like we're talking less than a year so like i was i was about the place um so while i was also like sleeping around i was also like what is the word like i was a lot more promiscuous with my clothing mm-hmm. as well because i was really trying to 
attract that validation and the and, attention and, and that attention yeah and i realize now a lot of what was happening then was comp head as well mm-hmm. um which for anyone who doesn't know what comp head is is compulsive heteronormativity um because i would say definitely i have a much higher preference for women and non-binary people than over men yeah um especially straight men like if you're gonna be a man like you gotta at least be like queer or something um for me personally me too obviously yeah (laughs) no way (laughs) um so i noticed that anytime you know i wanted to be like noticed by a man or you know wanted their attention like i always thrived on how i made them feel yeah and you know if i walked into a room and there was an attractive man there could be a hundred people in a room (laughs) (laughs) if i walked into a room and there was an attractive man i would be thinking does he find me attractive i do that too rather than oh i'm attracted to him even like it's not even like a do i find them attractive it's a do they find me attractive like am i the hot one in the room right now like i find that a lot of my friends especially growing up queer and being like especially younger like you are kind of the only queer media that we had before like things like heartstopper we had things where it was like sad yeah like you're told that you're gonna die if you're queer and that yeah you're gonna get aids because gay men are promiscuous and you need to sleep around and like i think the concept of a body count is so fucking idiotic and like i don't like to disclose mine because it's not it's not very many um i was in a relationship and just one relationship let's put it frankly um and plainly um but like the whole concept of like if you have a high body count like you're a slut like shut the fuck up i do love that sluts being reclaimed, oh though. me too like my I'm... friend just got a lip tattoo of the word slut i love that i'm so happy for her um because like slay on her path but um absolutely just like i never really had like a slut era or a time where i was sleeping around or i was promiscuous because i know that hookup culture is not for me yeah well at least you know that yeah it took me a while to figure that out there was times where i was like could i do this like so i'd have i'd have people texting me being like do you want to come over and i'd be like i'd debate it and then i'd be like I'd get anxiety and I'd be like, no, yeah. I don't want you to see me like that because that's when you're most vulnerable. Like, yeah. you're never going to be yeah. more vulnerable than when you're intimate with someone like that. Yeah. And yeah. I would just be like, no, I can't do that. And whenever I would tell people, like, I'm not in the culture, da da da, people would be shocked. Like, people would think I was, like, yeah, into that and I was, like, going out on Saturdays and not coming home till Sunday mornings. Like, whereas like, I'm not like that. Literally playing out the stereotype. Yeah, they they thought I was a walking stereotype, and I'm not like that at all. Like, I'm just an itchy little bitch with eczema. Do you know what though? Do you know what I think's really harmful is the fact that the stereotypes are there. Is that a lot of young queer people are brought up to think that they have to be that way? That's exactly what I did. I was like, I need to. If I'm not in a relationship, then I need to be a slut. Yeah. So, you know, it's like this idea that like. You know, there may there may be like other queer people out there like you that don't want to sleep around or have situationships. I or... know what they call that, hopeless romantic. But they're probably hoeing themselves out because they're they feel like, like oh, I to. feel like I have to. Like this is what I've been conditioned to think. Exactly. But that's why stereotypes in general are just really harmful because a 
plays into the idea that you have to be a certain type of way if you're a certain type of person and then also it creates like so many like windows for like offensive comments from people who aren't in the community it's just like i hate like i've reiterated the same point trying to navigate being queer and dating and even just being in your 20s and dating let alone if you're queer being in your 20s is hard enough never mind being gay horrible horrible like i turned 23 in just under a month yeah and the thought of that is like giving me such terror blink 182 did say nobody likes you when you're 23 that's so true and at the minute nobody likes me and i'm 22 like, it's like nobody's liked me for years. Like nobody's liked me for years, and it's not even that I care. Like I'm so content with being up by myself, and it took me so long to realize that because I was like, I can't be by myself. I need a man to tell me that I'm pretty and to tell me that I'm good enough and to, to tell me that I'm worthy. Be your, and, like self confidence. Yeah, and like to give me something that I could not give to myself. But being out of a relationship for I'm almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Like, almost, it's coming up to you, that's crazy. That feels like it really was not that long ago. But it feels like, to me, it was forever ago as well. But I feel like, I feel that way with my relationship as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like it went, <clears throat> whoa. feels like it went really quick. But once we hit the year mark, like, mm-hmm. it felt like it just slowed down. Yeah. But, like, not in a bad way. I get that. Um, but, like, just knowing that, like, my relationship felt so long ago. Like, it's so weird. And, like, I've had so much time to discover, like... But sometimes, even though I may not show it because I'm a little, like, not confident, like, self-deprecating person. like I, I think we do a good job of hiding that, though. I don't I, need we, a man. We both that way. Yeah. Like, I don't need someone to wake me up in the morning and tell me that I'm pretty and tell me to have a nice day. Because I'll do it regardless. But I would like it. You know? And you will have friends that'll do it. You do it for me all the time. I do. I do try. <laughs> Because I think it's nice. I think it's nice to do for everyone. Like, I think it's really important, especially in queer friendships, that you receive platonic love. Exactly. Like, uplifting each other and validating each other in a community that can be so quick to tear you apart. And platonic affection, I think, is a lot more, like, apparent in yeah, exactly. communities. And not just because we're all gay and we all fancy each other, because that's true, but also we're friends for a reason you know yeah, my best friend of nine years like when we started becoming really close friends everyone in my family and in his family were like are you two dating are you dating is that what's going no, on literally. and we were like no we just are literally best friends like we do everything together mm-hmm. we're moving in together and people were like oh like we seen people from our school and we told them and they were like oh i'm so happy for you too when did you become like a couple oh my god and we were like we're just a couple of besties <laughs> actually for months and months and months, people thought I was with my friend Kim. Mm-hmm. And about a year ago, we actually had a discussion where we were both like, yeah, no, like, we liked each other at the start of our friendship, but we were just really scared yeah. of wrecking the friendship. And then we just sort of hit a point where we were like, okay, we are friends and yeah. we're going to stay friends. Because I wouldn't want to risk, like, having her out of my life. I get that. I've had Over a friendship. friends like that. Like, there's a guy that I work with and I had the fattest crush on him for the longest time and didn't do anything about it. And now they're in, like, such a beautiful relationship and mm-hmm. I'm so happy for them. And I'm just so... If anything happened between us and it didn't work out, I would not be able to call you my friend. And yeah, that's and that's weird. not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so that is actually all we have time for today for our first episode um on queer awakenings queer journeys and dating um um do you have anything you'd like to say i support gay wrongs as do i anyway um yeah if you liked it please let us know please give us some lovely little feedback because this was our first episode we'll be back we will hopefully be back and if not i'm like my eczema and like a rash will not get rid of me anyway not that easy bye bye bye